the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you. At 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. It's earnings season. Yay. We'll get to that. Trust me. I'm not going to ignore that one. But, and this is a big but, I like big butts, I cannot lie. Um, but, we have to like really try to digest things slowly here. Because you can get caught up in the intuitive surgicals versus the AT&T's. And I don't want you to get too caught up ever. It's really important to have a good head on your shoulders when it comes to money and investing. So, let's try to get through this. Stock market yesterday was a winner. It's been a good run. It's been like five or six, seven, seven. I once went to a hockey game and... uh the sixth goal was a, a, a pizza goal, i.e. everyone gets a free pizza if you have a ticket and you take it to, like, not Subway with a Flatiza, uh, but if you take it to, like, Domino's, you got a free pizza. So the crowd goes, it's it's 5 nothing home team, and there's five goals, and you start a chant. You go, one, two, three, four, five, we want six. Um, one, two, three, four, five, we want six. And the girl next to me was a date, and she's like, why are they saying that they want sex? And I'm like, I think we need to break up. I think we're done. So six days in a row, no, 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 seven days in a row. It's a pretty spectacular run. We're within striking distance of all-time highs on the S&P 500. Thus, if you put money in an S&P 500 fund in your side, your 401k, you're probably near an all-time high. Over the previous six sessions, the S&P 500 is up 3.5%. The Russell 2000 up 4%. So the small cap companies are doing, um, Russell 2000 is an index of small cap companies. S&P 500 is an index of larger companies. Um, the S&P 500 is a weighted index, which is something that I'm not crazy about because if Apple has a great year because it's such a big company, then the S&P 500 can have a great year. So it's kind of that simple. Hefty returns on the stock market were probably overbought in the short term. You know, you don't go up seven, eight days in a row, nine days in a row, ten days in a row without paying for it. 
So short-term, and I'm talking short-term, like 10-day term, or overbought. Hey, it's me, Tony Soprano. HBO made a deal with Amazon. But we'll get to that in a couple minutes. Um, I want to get through a little market recap first and foremost. So short-term, probably we need a breather. Even if the news out of Norfolk Southern is that we've turned you know, railroad tracks into gold. Norfolk Southern, one of my more favorite companies. It's a choo-choo company. And when I say choo-choo company, that's right, it's a train company. And if you and I wanted to get in the train business, it ain't going to happen. We won't figure it out. We could try, but there's barriers to entry. Now, AT&T also topped expectations, but AT&T's got a really big fear out there that, you know, my dad, I love him. Let's say he was still alive. He'd be 78, 79 today, right? He died 25 years ago, so he'd probably be 82, 83. Um, love my dad. But he wasn't the smartest guy. He would, he would own AT&T, and he wouldn't know why he'd own AT&T. Other than like, hey, it's been a great company all my life. Now, I look at AT&T, and my biggest fears for AT&T are Verizon. No, 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 no. No, no, that's my dad's. My biggest fears would be Facebook and Google. They keep talking about putting, like, how are we going to connect the next billion users on the Internet? AT&T, Verizon, and Comcast, Time Warner Cable, these companies have put in the pipes for you and I to talk to each other, picking up a phone and calling each other, uh, hitting our cell phone and calling each other, going through our cable modem on Wi-Fi and doing Skype, right? So they've put in that groundwork, and that's how the first billion people in the world got connected on the Internet, groundwork cell towers or copper wires. So Facebook and Google are talking about how do we get the next billion? And the big talk right now is Google's starting to say, well, we're going to start laying down fiber in the United States. But both of them are interested in drones. To a fascinating, like, James Bond billionaire evil bad guy fascination, okay? It's that billionaire who wants to uh, get back at the person who left him behind in a uh, M7, FBI, CIA world, and left him to die and, and get tortured. But they, it was for the greater good. They stopped the, in a bad kind, in a villainous kind of way. Google and Facebook are fascinated with drones. And you're like, why? What are you going to do with them? Are you going to deliver nuclear strikes like the United States can do with drones? No. What they want to do with drones is connect people and put up cell towers. And drones can fly above the Earth's, in the Earth's atmosphere for five years. They can be solar-powered for five years and just hang out up there and deliver Internet connection. So AT&T has some foes out there. So you always have to ask yourself, like, I can't take my dad's perspective anymore because my dad doesn't understand drones, and my dad doesn't understand, you know, Amazon's coming out with a phone this year. And we know, we know that. And we also know that they want to deliver packages via drones. So UPS and AT&T, watch out. Those drones could attack your business model. Because once you connect a billion people in Africa with Internet connection that's cheap with drones flying in the, inter- uh, or in the sky, you can do the same thing in the United States. And suddenly that barrier to entry that is so intriguing about Norfolk Southern, I mean, maybe even Norfolk Southern gets attacked by the drones. Anyway, Boeing, Procter & Gamble, AT&T, Gilead Sciences, Yum Brands, Dow Chemical, Delta Airlines, Northrop Grumman, Norfolk Southern, all topped expectations. We'll talk more earnings as the day goes on for sure. European markets are mostly lower today. 
Asian markets were mixed. So we don't really have a, woohoo, seven days, let's make eight party going on. Now, in the end, that could happen. But we're not there yet. So keep that in mind. What do we really need to focus it on today? I would say revenue. Um, are we having higher earnings on revenue? It's probably the, the bigger issue to me. How are companies like Procter & Gamble, a consumer goods company, Boeing, um, a military company as well as an aerospace company? When you buy an airplane, it costs bigger dollars than it does to buy an iPhone, which tonight we get Apple's earnings. Biotechs are in focus after Amgen and Biogen had below expectation on earnings. Gilead Sciences beat expectations. Those are probably the three big biotech names, if I were to throw them down. Throw down. Strength today in energy, industrials, materials, utilities, weakness in consumer discretionary healthcare technology. So we have kind of a mixed market going on. Keep in mind, I've got a big event coming up this weekend in Burlingame. And if you think I give you any value, show up for it. How do you show up for it? Um, first and foremost, you have to know what hotel it's at. I can never remember hotels, so I just say the city. Um, but it is in Burlingame, the 20 Steps to Financial Freedom from 9 a.m. to noon on Saturday at the Hilton, San Francisco Airport, Airport Boulevard, Double Tree, Double Tree by Hilton Hotel. Double Tree by Hilton Hotel. What's that even mean, right? Um, 9 to noon, 20 Steps to Financial Freedom. In the afternoon, wealth and income, aligning your retirement goals with your estate plan. You've created wealth in the Bay Area. You want to pass it on to your children. You want to make sure it all pays everyone enough money, including yourself. You can sign up for either or event at robblack.com. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. We live in a funny world. Just flipping through the news and uh, saw a picture of Kate Middleton, Duchess. And I think she's in some sort of publicity tour or some sort of tour right now in Australia. And uh, she's standing next to a guy who's wearing like the worst t shirt possible. It's almost like I'm with stupid. And she looks so incredibly fashionable. And he's wearing a shirt that's like, it's a big shark mouth. Just the bones, just the teeth. And uh, it shows you we live in a world of style and lack of style. We live in a world of teeth and no teeth. We live in a world of rich and poor. Um, I don't want to overthink this, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. So the first segment, I went a little crazy and tried to explain some, some basic concepts to you. Um, I'm going to always try to do that. I will stop myself when I see the S&P 500, and I'll say, that's a large cap index. And the reason I don't like large cap indexes are because, in this case, it's market-weighted. I know this show is not for everyone. It can't possibly be. We've got people who are listening who are 20. We've got people who are listening who are 60. I pepper it with as much pop culture as I can. I've actually offended my boss because he's a little too old for a pop culture reference that I threw out there. Um, that's going to happen. But at the same time, I'm going to do the very, very best I can to educate you um, for as long as possible. 
Dividend stocks I like because they pay you cash. Um, but again, dividend stocks aren't paying you cash because they want to. It's because their business model is mature enough at this point in time that they typically can't continue to grow. You know, AT&T, company I own Smith shares in, has a bit of a quandary. What's that quandary? Well, they wanted to buy up as much telco as they could in the United States. They got the same quandary Comcast has. Comcast is acquiring Time Warner Cable, getting as big of a footprint in the United States as possible. AT&T basically did that to the point that they don't really have any more options in the United States. So now, do they use their cash? And again, we're not like, hey, I just invented a brand new thing called a phone call. We're not in that area of innovation at this point in time. And in fact, we're using older technologies to do even older technology. So we're using cable, we're using internet speed to get onto Wi-Fi, to get onto free phone calls. Facebook bought a company called WhatsApp, where you can get your catalog of friends, and you can use a walkie-talkie-like feature, and you can go say, hey, WhatsApp. Instead of typing that, you're saying it, and then your friend actually hears you saying it. So when you do voice texting with your family back on the East Coast, it's kind of, it's a nice sentiment. Um, I find Facebook to be vile in the sense that I have to see pictures of my family and friends, but I don't have to connect and interact with my family and friends. So AT&T's got a big problem of, we know that they can't really grow new ideas here, and we seem to be getting more for less, right? Four gigs of speed, or four gigs of data uh, with AT&T for a better price. But then again, you also get Sprint, which is unlimited data for a better price. So Verizon's sticking to the high road as long as they can and giving you as little as possible. But better map coverage. That's going to run out on them. So then you go, okay, maybe I'll invest in a company overseas. Maybe I'll go after the European Verizon, which is a company called Vodafone. Hmm. But (laughs) didn't Verizon just get rid of Vodafone for a reason? Um, so it's, it's kind of a damnation game, right? So you have to understand dividend stocks are great, but why are they paying the dividend? It's almost as if you have to be a stock detective. Apple reports tonight, and I own shares of Apple. Apple's going to be in a bit of a dilemma. And when I say I own shares, I don't want you to go out and do that. I just legally have to disclose that to you. And I don't have to do it every time. I just have to more often than not. So can Apple deliver the new iPhone that customers want? It's a big question. They seem, they, people are in love with the Droid. Um, not the Droid, but Samsung. Big phone. It's a little clunky. It's a little chunky. Whereas if you take Apple out of its case, it's a little bit sleeker, right? So when you get a bigger screen, you're going to need the similar skinny battery if you want to stay at the Apple product, or you're going to need a bigger, chunkier battery. So that's one of the big stories out there is, will they be able to get that big phone out this year, or will Samsung be the king of big phones? Or will Apple say, okay, make it a little bit chunkier? And we're talking about 2.1 millimeters versus 2.5 millimeters. Like, you're not talking huge as far as battery sizes go. But it's big enough. Anyhow, um, other stories of note. There's something that... 
this bugs me, but I don't think this is good radio. There's a company called Valiant Pharmaceuticals. They're bidding for Allergen. And we learned that Allergen or Valiant Pharmaceuticals hired Bill Ackman, who's an activist investor, and basically said, if you can get a whistleblower, you know, there'll be some money exchanged. So Ackman was able to go, Valiant wants to buy Allergen. Allergen makes Botox. And if you were to separate out the R&D, if you were to separate out some of the redundancies in the two companies, it's probably got about $3 billion of savings. So Ackman is an activist investor, and he takes a stake in Allergen because he's basically getting told by Valiant, we're going to put a bid on them. Maybe you can help us find some dirt on why they should accept our offer. It's pretty fascinating. It seems like it's illegal. I mean, didn't he just get inside information that there's going to be a bid on the company? And why didn't you get that same inside information? But the legality of it is it's actually a legal thing to do. But it's kind of a white knight scenario to help shareholder value, but it seems like he is in a win-win situation. Even if Allergen doesn't get acquired, it's likely to be bid back up, bid up in the process. This is one of the reasons I think a lot of people hate the stock market. You know, they just don't trust it. Sadly, it's legal, what he's doing. You can hire a private detective to go look at Allergen and see if they've got anything, issues, with their CEOs. In this case, Bill Ackman is a, a guy who's looking for issues that aren't, you know, fidelity issues or infidelity issues. It's more so like cost savings issues. It's all about Botox wrinkle cream, which is pretty crazy. Although I heard the greatest story. There's a kid who was basically born with lockjaw, so he can't open his mouth. And he has to get two shots of Botox a day so they can open and close his mouth so he can chew. It's a lot of feeding tube. Um, so there's a good example of where Botox is a wonderful thing, right? Anyhow, and anyway, you can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Crack open your browser right now. Go to robblack.com, and you'll see that I'll be in Burlingame this weekend doing two events. One, the 20 Steps to Financial Freedom. That's really for people under the age of 45 who are trying to figure out things that, you know, how to get to the financial grade of A. In the afternoon, it's more about income and retirement. It's about more about wealth in retirement. It's about leaving income and wealth to your children. You can learn more at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So, there's economic data that comes out, like China's doing good, China's doing bad. China's growing at 7.6%, but we want them growing at 7.8%. And there's stories that come out, like Yum Brands, owner of KFC and Taco Bell, They said profit rose 18% as sales rebounded in China. If you take a look at a chart of Yum Brands, you'd probably go, 
are you kidding me? I could invest in Kentucky Fried Chicken, which right now has a sandwich out, which is the bun. The bun is two pieces of fried chicken. And then there's a sandwich in between that involves bacon, cheese, and another piece of fried chicken. I can invest in that? Here's the weird part. Sitting at a 52-week high. And it's parts because of China. Uh, don't, it makes no sense. But China loves Kentucky Fried Chicken. It makes no sense. People get married in KFCs over there. If that can be explained to me, please don't send me an email. But I can't have it explained to me. Like I, It's bizarre to me. So they're a play on the world. Yum Brands is a couple things. It's Pizza Hut. It's Taco Bell. We've recently been doing stories about how Taco Bell sells breakfast now that people seem to like. A taco waffle with some sort of eggy-like product inside of it. Yo quiero Taco Bell. I don't quite get the whole eggy-like product thing. You know, a couple years ago, Taco Bell got in trouble for calling it a meat taco that they were serving. Because it's more meat-like product, where it's got 35-40% of stuff that's not meat. But, okay, like, we go with it. Um, and they give us, like, this BS answer, it enhances flavor, or it holds flavor. And you're like, okay, I'll take it. But anyway, so Young Brand's doing very, very well China. Who would have thought it, right? Who would have thought that you could invest in Yo Quiero Taco Bell? SP 500's down 2, the Dow's down 15, the NASDAQ down 23. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton and I will be doing a seminar soon. You can learn more information about it at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Let's talk retirement risks, Mr. Burton. What's your thoughts? What's the biggest risks in retirement? I think the, the biggest three risks that people in retirement face are taxes, inflation, and uh, absolutely health care costs. Healthcare costs scare me the most because I'm not the healthiest person. Therefore, I'm assuming I may be draining my retirement accounts a little bit more than the average person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Yeah, the problem. I, th- I think that more people realize the healthcare costs. I hope than um, than some of the other issues that really catch people by surprise. So, for example, when you see these online calculators, we've talked about this before. A lot of them are very poor or don't do anything in terms of estimating what your taxes are. And I'm seeing more and more people retire with the biggest bulk of their money where? Retirement accounts. Right. right? So when you pull a dollar out of that 401k, that dollar hasn't been taxed yet. I'm surprised you actually say that because I would imagine that most people's biggest bulk of their retirement assets is their house. No, your house is your biggest liability until you're going to model the sale of the house and live off the proceeds. Well, that, what I'm getting at, and you can disagree with me, we can Indian like Russell to find out the winner, but... Um, <laughs> I, I think most people, retirees that I talk to, and again, I'm Californian, um, have a lot of equity in their homes or did have a lot of equity in their homes, and that was going to be their nest egg, and not necessarily their 401k. Yeah, so in order to tap that nest egg, you either have to do a reverse mortgage, which it's limited as much as the amount that you can take, you know, what, just, uh, just under 300000 in California, and, and depending on the location, it could be less, and... That is not a huge chunk of change for retirement, so it's going to force you to make that decision. Where do you move? Where are you going to retire uh, in order to pay less taxes? What states have less income tax on your pensions? Social Security, if if you're a married couple filing jointly and one half your Social Security plus all your other income, including tax-free income, 
is over $42,000, 85% of your Social Security is taxable. So just can assume your Social Security is taxable income. Different states treat Social Security slightly differently as far as income, or different states treat income for retirees differently. Is that something you ever consider? Well, there's certain states that give breaks to pensions okay. in terms of how they're taxed. Social Security is not going to be taxable at the state level. Um, so it's, it's really an issue of looking at the state. And okay, let me retract the question. Income taxes for states treat retirees differently state to state. Yeah, uh, somewhat. Like in the state of California, people that have a still have a mortgage and they pay for long-term care insurance yeah. tend to pay much lower in state income taxes because those deductions will carry forward right over the California return. And property taxes are something to think about in retirement. All these taxes are things that you need to think about. Think about sales tax is egregious in the state of California. Right. And all those things, when you're trying to do your projections on your own for retirement, which is a, the biggest life-changing event that you'll have, if you don't have a very detailed cash flow statement that includes your estimate of taxes, including figuring out how changing changes in tax laws. Taxes are going to go up in the future. We can't survive as a country unless the budget deficits are dealt with. But senior citizens will have a free ride because they vote. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? Well, yeah, sure. Okay. Sure. Um, with that said, I think the first 10 years of retirement more expensive for taxes and inflation, and the last 30 years of retirement, i.e. 70 to 100, more expensive for health care. Is that part of your formula at all? That like once you hit seventy, you're not moving. Most Americans aren't moving around. They're watching Jerry Springer in their trailer, sipping on their you know one glass of uh, booze a day, and uh, <laughs> just waiting to die. They're waiting. <laughs> they're waiting for Jesus to get them. Is that what you picture retirement as? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I see retirement as for a lot of people. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, a lot of times if people are way behind, they need to focus on increasing their ability to make money versus trying to pick the right stock. And My mom's a shut in. Yeah, yeah. She, I mean, she doesn't get out except for when her kids pick her up. Oh, it's a big life changing event. Some people need counseling to move into that next transitional life. So it's, you know, here, here's the deal: taxes. You tend to pay less in taxes the first several years of retirement because you're not paying for FICA, right? That's, right, right. that's right out of your paycheck. Um, but going into retirement, a lot of people spend more money in the first few years because of the, all the travel and the buying kind right. of the retirement home, the motorhome, things like that. That all has to be figured in. And you've got to realize inflation cuts the value of a dollar and a half every 20 years. Okay. So health care costs, those are going up at 5 to 6%. So inflation is the other big risk we've talked about before. Um, health care, though, this is the big one that people forget to put in their projections. Let's say you retire at 60. You're on your own, no Medicare, till 65. Right. That's a huge cost. Anything else that we need to know? Um, you know, don't retire unless you have a detailed plan. Okay. A detailed plan that includes a long-term cash flow, long-term projection on cash on your taxes, and a very detailed look at inflation. You can meet Chad at the upcoming seminar to learn more about that. Go to robblack.com. It's robblack.com. We do wealth preservation, retirement planning seminars all the time in the Bay Area, as well as some Money 101s on occasion. Find out more at robblack.com. You can find Chad at chadburton.com or newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Yeah, so the upcoming April event is it for the next couple of months. Uh, Burlingame, California, 20 Steps to Financial Freedom. I'm running that from 9 a.m. to noon. Wealth and Income, Aligning Retirement Goals with Your Estate Plan in the afternoon from 1 to 4. Um, don't be shy. Uh, they're both very good events for different type of people. And it's a good chance for you to come out, meet me, say hello, and uh, chit-chat with each other. 
So they're both new events. We've neither done either or these events. So um, 20 Steps to Financial Freedom, April 26th from 9 to noon in Burlingame, and Wealth and Income, Aligning Your Retirement Goals with Your Estate Plan in the afternoon. Now, Apple just got a patent. They want a patent for a driver handheld computing device lockout. The technology will turn off texting by drivers by using a lockout mechanism that works with onboard sensors. The car is also able to transmit blocking signals to an iPhone, stopping a driver from receiving and sending texts. So we all know that cars are going to have more technology in them. So the car can now, with a patent, figure out not to send any text to the guy in the front seat. Or both guys in the front seat. I don't know how it's going to work. But these guys, Apple really, really wants to get in cars. Google really, really wants to get in cars. And it's going to be a fascinating run, and, and that's a pretty interesting patent. At parents, you don't want your kids to drive via drunk driving. You don't want your kids to dying in the car via, like, reckless driving. You don't want your kids dying in the car via text driving. And there was a, an amazing commercial. I, I want to say it was Audi. I, I'm not quite right, sure if that's it. No, it was an insurance company. That basically it's two young lovers who have recently probably consummated their relationship, and they're sending texts back to each other, like, hey, love you, love last night, I'm bringing flowers by, I'll be there in 10 minutes, and then the message stops. And you assume, like, did someone just die here? And then there's the, the, the commercial where the kids are texting each, they're doing, you know, they're texting while they're driving, and as a viewer, you can see a, tr- a Mack truck coming and it ends in a violent car crash. I have a friend who's got a couple kids. He's like, I can't even watch Sports Center anymore because commercials like this scare my children. But Apple now has a patent that could kind of help those two lovers stay together and can kind of help those teenagers not get hit by a truck. That's pretty fascinating because we rally as a nation around keeping our teenagers alive. When I was in high school, um, I wrote an article I wrote for the school newspaper. I wrote an article on MAD, Mothers Against Duran Duran. And there was backlash because people didn't think that was funny. Don't mess with Mothers Against Drunk Driving. So we as a nation protect our teenagers. Anyway, interesting stories, right? Love Wall Street. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. McDonald's plans a marketing push to emphasize its fresh cooked breakfasts as it battles growing competition in the morning meal. Remember the Whopper song? Hold the pickles, hold the lettuce, that kind of crazy marketing thing from your childhood. The last thing that we need right now in this nation is we crack fresh eggs, grilled sausage, and bacon. We put nothing in the microwave. Like, we don't need a song on McDonald's breakfasts in our heads all day long. Hold the pickles, hold the lettuce. Um, there has to be other 
McDonald's campaigns that we don't need. But that's a primary big one for me. Anyhow, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. I could use a call or two, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, poke, poke. Uh, mortgage activity dropping, but average loan size at a record. That's interesting. So the mortgage lenders out there are making more per deal, but there's fewer deals. Despite warmer weather, relatively stable interest rates, more homes are coming on the market. Mortgage applications fell 3.3% last week. Applications to refinance were down 4% week-to-week on a seasonally adjusted basis. Average contract size, average contract on a 30-year fixed conforming loan, $417,000. So new home sales uh, plunge. This is not good. New home sales plunge 14.5% month over month to an annualized pace of $384,000. Economists were looking for new home sales to rise 2.3% month over month to an annualized pace to 450000 So this is well below expectations. It's not like we're like, oh, last month there was a Sharknado that stopped home buying purchases in the United States. Therefore, we expected these bad numbers. New home sales plunge to an eight-month low. Now, an eight-month low isn't like... I remember back when I was 39 years old. Now that I'm 39 years old in eight months, um, that's not quite the same. Eight months isn't a disaster, but it's also showing you that we're not we're losing volume or we're losing velocity. Amazon and HBO announced a licensing agreement that's going to let Amazon Prime members watch HBO content. I love Amazon Prime, and I don't mind paying $99 a year for it. To me. Amazon Prime saves me gasoline. It saves me wear and tear on my vehicle. It saves me going into a big box store. You know, I recently decided to... I have Comcast. I'm not bragging about that. I have cable TV. I'm almost ashamed of it. And I've got a, a cable modem that they charge 8 bucks a month for. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to buy my own cable modem. Because I'll probably have that cable modem for more than 10 months, and there, then I start winning. So I got on to Comcast's webpage. I figured out which modem it was that I could use. Ordered it through Amazon Prime. It was there two days later. Love it. I haven't really used Amazon Prime for the television as much as I should or could. I probably watch six programs a year on Amazon Prime. I probably watch more on Apple TV. I probably watch more on my Roku device. I probably watch more on Netflix for sure. But, you know, Amazon's going to, they made a licensing deal to get some of these old HBO shows, like The Wire and The Sopranos. Now, every dad wants to show their kid the Godfather movies. And then the dads that from the 80s and 90s, they want to show their kids The Sopranos. And that's going to arrive on Prime Instant by May 21st. Some shows like Girls in the Newsroom, they're going to roll out later, about three years after they air on HBO. So Game of Thrones, which is three years old, uh, we may get first season next year. I get it. You know, I get the fact that HBO, owned by Time Warner, is keeping a big distance between the availability of their programming. A lot of people would pay for HBO Go immediately. If HBO, right now you have to have a cable subscription or a satellite subscription in order to use that app. But um, so HBO is coming to some older, some HBO older shows are coming, 
Amazon raised the price of Prime memberships from $79 to $99. And that's gonna, you're going to see that on their revenue for sure. Prime members get unlimited free two-day shipping. Now, I did a story yesterday about Amazon having a little bit of problems with states that now charge income tax. Some people are like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to use Amazon. I'm going to go straight to my local store. I'm like, not me. You know, I don't mind paying my local taxes, but I don't want to go to the local store. Some of the local stores I do want to go to, but honestly, going into a Home Depot or Best Buy to me is not a quality of life experience. Um, and I, I like the people that work there. I just don't necessarily like shopping with other people. Um, so Amazon's getting some pretty good content. They're getting like um, Band of Brothers, John Adams, which was not Patch Adams' brother. They're getting the Pacific, Angels in America, Game Change, Treme, Boardwalk, True Blood, Too Big to Fail. Um, they're getting Louis C.K., Ellen DeGeneres, Louis Black, Bill Maher. So suddenly Amazon Prime looks a little bit more like Netflix. It's a fascinating time to be alive, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an exhibition. This is not a competition. Please, no wagering. So today we have a market that's, quite honestly, we've had seven up days. I, I never expect eight. And if you get it, you're like, ooh, I'm punch drunk. To me, this is like seven beers, eight, nine. There's no difference. You're going to wake up hurt. So at some point in time, this market's going to not be punching higher. Now, I don't want to say that on midterm, long-term. I'm talking short-term, short, 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 short-term. I think for another year to three years, we can have a higher market. We're seeing improving Europe. We're seeing Asian, like McDonald's, uh, Asian Kentucky Fried Chicken stores are okay. In the United States, we're slowly improving our job market, but I'd like to see some more wages. Anyway, another catchy McDonald's song to get stuck in your head. You can find me online at robblack.com. Krapelka.com or call Travis Krapelka at 408-947-7600 for a free... Con- Welcome in, Rob Black, and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. It's our neat season. That's where we're at. Um, earning season. Money, investing, and more. Things to start thinking about. The earnings season that we've seen so far has been pretty good. Keep in mind, some companies are going to use the bad weather. It's kind of like, it would have been better. So it almost buys a little bit more time to create a couple more jobs, to create a little bit more demand. Stock market's on a winning track record right now. Seven consecutive up days. We want eight. Do we get eight? I don't know. The iShares NASDAQ Biotech Index lower, down three points today. Biotech's been in the news. A lot of momentum stocks have been in the news as well. It's tough to value a biotech company. Sometimes. Keep in mind, most biotech companies are working on drugs that will be billion-dollar drugs. Drugs that will change the world. And by change the world, I mean grow head on a hair. Grow oh head on a hair. That's right. We're going to grow an extra head on a rabbit. It's going to change the world. Now, by... 
breathtaking, groundbreaking, by life-changing. I'm not talking about cancer drugs, even though we could talk cancer drugs. I'm talking about growing hair on a human head. So biotech companies, it's tough to value, because who's going to come up with that breakthrough product? Your scientist looks like his scientist. This one goes to Harvard. This one went to Stanford. Looks about the same to me. Nerd. Even though scientist is sexy. Nerds are sexy. Nerds are the, how shall we call them, the high taxpayers. Um, 30 years ago, they were the dirty, greasy people with bad, bad uh, body odor. Now they're the high taxpayers. They make money. Okay, 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 okay. So the market, it's tough to value biotech companies because you're dealing with, like, if they come up with this product, if it gets approved, then yeah. A lot of biotech companies now have product because some biotech companies are trained 20, 30 years old. Companies like Biogen, Amgen, a little bit easier to to value. Um, Boeing and Procter Gamble, both Dow components beat earnings expectations. So the Dow Jones Industrial Average getting a little play off that. The big picture, if we were to talk big picture at this point in time, is that we're in earnings season, and I'm seeing more companies beat expectations and miss expectations. Now, again, 30 day, are they beating expectations from 30 days ago, or are they beating expectations now? Because a lot of companies 30 days ago said, you know what, we're not going to do so great, we're going to lower our numbers. But Boeing, Procter & Gamble, AT&T, Gilead Sciences, Yum Brands, Dow Chemical, Delta Airlines, North Grumman, Norfolk Southern, all had pretty good quarters. Now, just because you have a good quarter doesn't mean that's going to be enough. Sometimes you have to get into the story of are they doing buybacks, what were the quality of earnings. So you have to listen to the conference call. Listening to the conference call is, is equal to me telling you that you have to watch a 25-inning baseball game of... Little League of not from your own state. Like most people would be like, no, I won't do it. <clears throat> we want a little bit more of a, an appeal. So Facebook, they're projected to post first quarter earnings at 24 cents a share when it reports day after market closes. Apple, the iPhone and iPad makers, expect to report earnings of $10.19. You're like, what's that even mean? Will there be a pause in near-term iPhone sales as we wait for the next model? Or will the faster global ramp of new models from last year, you know, push the market revenues higher? Apple should get a pass on earnings in the first half of the year, but look for the upside in the second half of the year. So that's something we're going to be watching today. International game technology, down 8.5%. Their slot machine maker reported earnings of 10 cents a share, down 66% year over year. Boeing, they're doing better than expected. Revenue increased to $20.47 billion. Um, Boeing's been great. I haven't really gotten into those AT&T numbers, and I should. But I know their stock is struggling, and I don't quite sense I have a feel for it. Um, so I need just to be quiet. Sometimes you don't know. New home sales plunged. What's interesting about new home sales is we're always needing new homes. I know you're saying, don't we have enough? No. Homes are naturally destroyed every year by disaster sometimes. Sometimes by owners who need teardowns. Sometimes just by new areas that are supporting job growth. 
800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you need to know, we talk about. Citigroup comes out with a list of what they refer to as, you know, the 20 best stocks in America. And I always like looking at that content because uh, I want to know the best stocks, right? One of them is VMware, and they see total return of about 20%. That's pretty good. Target price, 120 No dividend yield, but they're basically a play on cloud computing. They're at the forefront. Companies moving quickly to adopt new cloud paradigms, including cloud management layers. Companies introduced vCloud and other advanced cloud management technologies. So not only do they have an old technology that's well positioned for cloud, but they're working on some of the new ones inside that. Yesterday, Harley-Davidson came out with earnings, and they were better than expected. Their outreach demographics are impressive. Their demographics include women, young adults, Hispanic, African-American. They're not an old white guy stock or an old white guy motorcycle. Uh, They recently were sponsored or advertised in Captain America. So even children are going to be thinking Harley-Davidson. And again, when you think hog demographics, you think, you know, bike gang, or you think, you know, 55-year-old guy who is being featured in a Viagra commercial. That's what I think. You don't think women and young adults, Hispanic and African-American populations. So Citigroup comes out with, you know, 20 stocks for you to think about. One of them is eBay. They view eBay as one of the most attractive Internet stocks. They see upside to $68, 27% return from here. They think that people are underappreciating its payments PayPal franchise and that angle in e-commerce. They like Google. They like Starbucks. They like Las Vegas Sands. Whoa, Las Vegas Sands. Uh, Casinos, if they're one thing, you know, the house always wins. We know that. But if they're one thing that you can define, they're cash flow. And they've got strong cash flow in Macau and Singapore. Some expansion opportunities in Japan and Korea. They've got cash flow that can return shareholders. So it's an interesting list, to say the least. Anyhow, I'm going to be doing an event where I'm going to be talking about some income stocks that I like. You can sign up for the event at this weekend in Burlingame. RobBlack.com. I'm going to go over 20 steps to financial freedom. That's really for people under the age of 45 who are trying to create wealth, understand wealth, make sure they don't make big mistakes. Um, For instance, if you have a party at your house, you should definitely have an umbrella insurance. I know that's a weird concept, but it is what it is. Um, Someone gets injured at your party, someone gets drunk, they go home, they crash their car, they say you gave them the liquor, you're going to get sued. For more than your homeowners is going to cover. Umbrella's cheap. If you have wealth, if you have any wealth, if you have equity in your home, if you have any wealth, you should have an umbrella policy. Big events coming up in Burlingame this weekend. You can learn more at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. That's a Bloomberg Market Minute. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now. 
Back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I will admit that I'm not smart enough to always know. Big story out today, JetBlue pilots vote to unionize. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Some people love unions. Some people hate unions. I got to sneeze. Hold on. Oh, that was a bad one. Um, it's that season. I do have some pollen allergies. Um, I know you're saying pollen was so 30 days ago. Something's in the air right now. Anyhow, um, I'm not smart enough to see the pros and cons. I know that JetBlue has a lower cost. I know that unions try to get as much for their representatives as possible. I was ridiculously automatically signed up for a cashier's union back when I was a cashier as a 16-year-old kid. I don't think I really needed a union to protect me, but I understand if I made a whole career out of it, I would have. And I get both sides of the story. I get both sides, and I, I don't come across telling you, you know, I, how important it is for airlines to have unions for pilots versus mechanics versus stewardesses, or uh, as I refer to them as waitresses. Uh, I don't know how important that is. I know that I believe 100% in police, in unions that we have to have 24-7, 365 in our life. I totally believe in that. And I'm going to say one more, teachers. I think teachers need to be protected. Um, but then again, I get frustrated with that because when you get that 30-year teacher being protected by a union who shouldn't be a teacher anymore because you know, she can't use a mouse, and kids need to know how to use a mouse in this day and age. Like, it's a frustrating you know, conversation you can have with yourself. S&P 500, and again, I'm going to get emails. Please send them to... Tony at TonySoprano.com. SP 500 down 3, the Dow down 28, the NASDAQ down 26. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, talking a little real estate. And Tony and I are friends, and we go back ways. And he does all my mortgage loans, and anytime I need to refer someone, I know that he gets the job done. Um, he and I talk on a regular basis, and one of our conversations recently was, I think you should consider buying or pushing Oakland as the next big thing in large part because of the Google buses, because of the Facebook buses. It's telling me that people are willing to travel large distances to get to work, and they want affordable housing. They also want a party in San Francisco, but they want affordable housing. And I look at the affordable housing of Oakland as attractive compared to San Francisco enormously. And I think the next wave of jobs, maybe it's people getting fired, maybe, it's, maybe the jobs don't come. But I think if jobs come, I think, you know, an area like in Oakland will do very, very well. What's your thoughts? Well, the first important thing that you said was it's affordable or more affordable. And the Bay Area, everybody knows the Bay Area is expensive. I mean, median home price is over $500,000. And that pertains to Oakland as well. There's several $500,000 homes plus. Um, but, yeah, I think that's something that a lot of people have to start considering, places like the East Bay, Oakland, San Leandro, Hayward, Fremont, so on. Well, Fremont, maybe not so much. Their, their median price is over 600000 But it's all about affordability, and people are starting to look at places like Oakland and, and Jack London condos and so forth. There was a big condo rush in Oakland, um, and which has driven the, the community there. There's a really nice... Um, night, uh, uh, nightlife in Oakland. You know the Fox Theaters there, Broadway, Telegraph area is really nice. I'll be and honest with you. I went to a show. I saw a train, I think it was. Who else have I seen there? You saw the, the girl. What's her name? Um, pianist. Yeah. What is her name? 
That one. That one. Um, long story short, got really drunk. Had a good time. Partied, stayed at the hotel right across from the Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, Rebecca something. Why am I forgetting this? Anyway, neither here nor there. I think it, it's vibrant enough. In Regina. Regina Spector. You're correct. Okay, so different topic. Different topic. Um, and I might have been the only straight male there that night. Just so you know. Just so you know. Um, so is there a chance that we're wrong about potentially thinking that the next big thing is Oakland when in reality, like, you mix that with people under 35. They're future home buyers. They're the future jobs that we need to come in and support an area. Again, I own no real estate in Oakland. I'm just, you know, talking this through that I don't think anyone can afford my city. Um, they could afford the outskirts of my city, which I guess maybe that's the outskirts of the San Francisco. Is Oakland. And should people be looking at the outskirts of great cities, or should they be looking at Oakland? Uh, I, I would look at – I would. it's all up to – uh, that's a tough question, Rob. Because I know there's no right answer. There is no right answer. Uh, first-time home buyers, especially, are are getting squeezed. Their rents are going up. Home prices are going up. Rates are going up. There's no inventory. Right. I mean, what? How, how worse of a scenario can you have? Um, and, and and that eventually is going to turn neighborhoods in, in, into better neighborhoods. There's going to be some transitions, and Oakland is one of them, in the outlying areas of Oakland. Uh, and we're already starting to see that. Um, there was a big condo push like we had talked about, and, and that's revitalizing a lot of the businesses in, in, that are nearby. And, and that's going to continue spreading. Uh, the, the area between Berkeley and Oakland, that's being revitalized. Uh, and home prices are going up. Taxes are going up. Uh, revenues from taxes are going up. So it, it, it's a snowball effect, um, so to speak. And at the same time, a lot of more people are able to refinance and stay in their home. So... Um, I like Oakland. I like the East Bay. There's this morning. Traffic was great. I was okay. able to get up and down 880 at six o'clock this morning. That's it rare. Was, it, which is rare. Typically, there's a couch on the road. You know what's funny is I hear. You know, I check the traffic reports and 880 is great. You know, there's always something on 580 or 680, and never on 880. Rarely, except for a, a except for the cow, tractor trailer flipped right. over into the three. Right. East Bay. I know what you're trying to say, but you know, I, I like the fact that you've changed your. You tune. know that I'm. Oh, you know, I've, you've changed your tune on on East Bay. I'm not. I a, like it. No, I'm. I'm saying you always have to look at the opportunities and trends, and I am fascinated by the millennials because they don't mind smaller spaces. So I think if Oakland hits, I think it will be in the condos and townhouses, which I typically don't. There's so few inventory right now in condos, and, and all of them are expensive. But there's a lot of people that still could be, as you use the word, pushed out. Um, I use the word gentrification. It goes back to my time in New York when I saw Hell's Kitchen go from a rough neighborhood to a lot of yuppies sipping you know, um, grass tea. And I think the same thing happens in Oakland, where yep. the taxes go up. I think people get pushed out. I think the anger that you saw in San Francisco over Google buses, I think, turns into the anger that you'll see in Oakland is, again, money money talks. And rent control loses over time as the landlords and owners want desperately to get higher costs out of uh, – higher payments out of people. Anyhow, and anyway, that's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Good resource for all things tied towards real estates and loans. BayAreaLoanSource.com. So big event coming up this weekend in Burlingame. Hopefully I'll see you out there for that. We can talk at that event. 20 steps take towards financial freedom. It's really geared towards people under the age of 45. Hence tips, tricks. I'm going to go over some stocks that I have and why. The afternoon event from 1 to 4 with CFP Chad Burton. 
It's geared towards income, estate planning, income and estate planning combined, leaving a legacy to your children, things along those lines. We'll take a break here. We'll be back in a little bit. It's Rob Black and your mic. KDOW Traffic. Good morning. I'm Larry Olson. Traffic is brought to us by Hammer. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Joining me as he does every Wednesday at this time, Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist, Briefing.com. Briefing, great resource for individual as well as professional investors. How are you, Mr. Rosen? Uh, Pretty good. How about yourself? Pretty good. Um, You're an economist. Um, what's your background? How did you become an economist? Uh, by accident. <laughs> okay. Uh, actually, yeah, quite. Uh, I was um, actually in engineering in college uh, for a while, and I didn't like it, and I needed a job. And I was looking around, and one of uh, the professors in the econ department was looking for a research assistant. So I figured that would be something that I could do that was fairly easy. So I took the position, and then actually really enjoyed the subject matter. So I just started studying it. Good stuff. Um, big headline today is U.S. new home sales fall 14.5% in March. Is that a big number? Yes. Is it as bad as it looks? It's a one-time number. Okay. <laughs> say that again? I was going to say, is it as bad as it looks? I, well, that, that's really the question. You know, a one-month drop, 15% or so, you know, it's scary. Um, and in an industry, in a sector that, uh, you know, affects, you know, the general population like homes, it makes it even more scary because people immediately think, uh-oh, you know, there's a problem in the housing sector. You know, the wealth that I've secured in my house, you know, or resecured my house over the last couple of years is, is, you know, may not be there anymore. But uh, the reality of the situation here is that you've had builders that are increasing the costs of their product, and you've had mortgage increases at the same time, and you have incomes that have stagnated. And all that entails is a uh, weaker affordability conditions, which puts downward pressure on sales, uh, which resulted in the, uh, the big collapse in March. So now we want to see is it you know a one-time event you know are, are home builders going to maybe lower prices to attract demand, or is this something that we're going to you know see at a stabilized level and that's a concern. So I'm taking a look at Briefing's professional page right now, and your forecast was for 430,000 new home sales. Actual came in at 384,000. The national consensus was higher than yours. How did the economists get it so wrong? Was it weather? Was it? Is it going to be a blended? Is it blended? You'll get it right over three months. 
I mean, realistically, it's a hard sure. number to just predict because okay. it comes out of one data series. There's really no underlying fundamentals that you can get. And remember that homes, new home sales as opposed to existing are based on contract signs and not necessarily the actual closing of the home. So you're actually predicting what sales are going to be, you know, in the next month or two as opposed to what sales are uh, in March. So when we make predictions for housing numbers, we look at, like, the Mortgage Bankers Association's purchasing index, and that's not, you know, the best indice to use or best data set to use because it's measuring you know, applications, and just because you sign a contract doesn't necessarily mean that you already took out an application for the loan. Uh, you could be taking out the loan, you know, the application later or when the house is expected to sell. The builder itself could give you, you know, some kind of um, credit check to see if, you know, they believe that you'll be able to obtain the loan in, you know, six months, let's say, when the when the house is finished. So. There's a lot of moving pieces in this one, and it's a, a normal, slightly volatile index. It's difficult to, to predict. In this case, I think what happened was you had a big downturn in the NAHB Home Builders Index. It was at 56 in January, which is a normally uh, pretty solid uh, number. It's a, an expansion in, in the home builder sector. And that suddenly dropped to 46 in February and remained it. Or yeah, and remained around that level in March and barely upticked in April. And I think people were discounting that survey, thinking you know builders are saying things are bad, but you know from what we know, things aren't as bad as the builders are seeing. And maybe you know they're just getting you know overtly concerned with a slight taper in you know people coming to see their homes, where you know it, it makes it much more difficult. So if you discount really the only thing we have uh, to forecast, and then you see a survey, you know, another survey that's difficult to uh, to put together, it makes for a hard forecast. It's interesting because yesterday was existing home sales, and that was a 4.6 million number, and the new home sales, 384,000. Do you put weight in, is either more important than the other? Because obviously existing homes that haven't been manufactured yet are a much bigger part of the market. It's, it depends on what you're looking at. If you're okay. looking for future economic growth, looking at ex- existing home sales and how prices trend in that um, is pretty good indicator for future consumption. Because gotcha. if you think of the house as a investment and you think of it as a portion or a large portion in many cases of a household savings, uh, the increase in price and the liquidity uh, aspect of selling a house, meaning how easy it is to sell, uh, is important for future growth. Now, if you're looking at current consumption, or sorry, current economic growth, current GDP, new home sales are, are more important because it tells you how builders are going to build. And investment in residential construction is a strong uh, component of economic growth, you know, normally anyways, in a uh, economic recovery. So the fact that you would have new home sales improving, you would expect then builders to increase production of, of structures, which would boost residential investment. In this case, in March, what we saw was this, with this decline in new home sales, 
inventory levels actually return to a six-month supply. And that's relevant because it's a normally, uh, during a normal market conditions, you typically have a six-month supply. So if builders believe that the 685000 is a trend and not necessarily a one-off fall, we would expect not to see a big increase in uh, construction over the next few months because builders don't need to increase construction for demand, which would tail off economic growth in the short term. Excellent answer. I'm going to listen to it again, and I hope our audience does via podcast, because I think that gives people insights into what this, these releases actually mean and the, the value they have on the economy and the stock markets. We've got about two to three minutes left. Taking a look at tomorrow's numbers, Dr. Jeff Rosen, anything stand out that you want to see come in line or a nice surprise that could give the market a little bit of juice? Well, I'm, for economic purposes, I'm, I'm more interested in the durable goods numbers that come out tomorrow than the initial okay. claims. Uh, we've had a pretty big down drop in the initial claims over the last couple of weeks. I think a lot of that has to do to seasonal problems with Easter. I wouldn't be surprised if the number jumps around a lot over the next two weeks before it kind of settles down in May. Uh, durable goods orders, you know, we've been seeing some improvements in the ISM numbers. We're seeing... Uh, Nice reports from Boeing, and you had a good one today uh, in terms of their quarterly earnings. So, you know, I think that's going to be a big indicator of overall durable goods growth, and I want to see how uh, investment and equipment stand out. Thanks very much. It's Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist with Briefing.com. Briefing.com provides live market analysis of the U.S. and international equity markets. I find it to be independent, and I like that. When I get a flyer or an email from someone like, hey, Morgan Stanley's hosting this wine tasting event, and he's going to talk about sustainable investing, I'm like, he's looking to get clients. Like, I see a rub there that makes it a lot less independent, especially when it's like a Morgan Stanley angle, because Morgan Stanley's a big company, and they don't want to get sued. So if you work for like a Morgan Stanley, you kind of follow the Morgan Stanley way. And the Morgan Stanley way may be very different on how to treat wealth in California versus Iowa. Let's face it, a million dollars in Iowa makes you one of the richest people. A million dollars in the Bay Area eh, makes you middle class. Um, Maybe even less in in some cities, if you know what I'm saying. So I like the independent angle of briefing for you. I'm not saying... uh, What I'm saying is check it out. Anyhow, taking a look at market numbers today, we're weaker. Now, we're not weak to the point that I'm going to really comment about it, other than to say... We've had seven updates in the S&P 500. We are in earnings season. You don't want to see that sell-off in earnings season unless there's a big run-up right before it. Then you're like, well, they didn't wildly beat expectations. We're looking to wildly beat expectations. There's so many different ways to interpret all this. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Robert Schiller, he wrote for the Washington Post yesterday. Uh, He offered up his opinion on housing. and He said, people remember home prices from long ago better than they remember other prices. Ask anybody, what do you pay for your home? They'll remember even if it was 50 years ago. It'll be some ridiculous number like $30,000 and compare it to today's prices and it makes a big impression. They forgot that there's been so much inflation in that period of time. That's a great way of putting it because if you were to say 10 years ago you bought your house, what was it worth? You have a number. If you were to ask what was the stock price at Google 10 years ago, you probably would fumble and hedge and haw and go, um, um, uh. And you'd be kind of frustrated with it. 
Um, same thing with Apple. Which do you want, the performance in your house in the last 10 years or the performance in Apple in the last 10 years? You probably want the Apple, but it's tough to remember that number, right? So in 2004, Google was trading at $50 a share. Now it's at $540 a share, just to give you a number. Anyhow, big event coming up in Burlingame Game this weekend, 20 Steps Towards Financial Freedom, plus an event tied towards income and estate planning. You can sign up for either event in Burling Game at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. PIMCO's former chief executive. I'm Rob Black. I'm going to do a long-distance dedication. Not going to do a long-distance dedication. <clears throat> but I could. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about money investing and more. Today, after the market closes in, eh, let's just say 1 o'clock Pacific time. Shortly thereafter, maybe you'll be at the gym. Maybe you'll be at work. Take a look at Apple. See what's happening. Log on to their conference call. Listen. Will we get the secret on the iPhone 6? Probably not. We'll probably hear some sort of BS like, we're very excited about the products we have coming up. Last year, we got something like 2014, we're going to launch a record amount of products. I'm like, ooh. And then you're like, I'm not seeing it. Where are these products? Um, and I, I find that interesting. We know we're going to get a refresh at some point to Apple TV, but what will it look like? Amazon seems to be stealing the, the thunder right now, right? Um, Amazon announced today that they're going to start streaming some HBO material from the past. They also announced that they have got an Apple TV product, a Fire product. Uh, so now you don't have to use Netflix or... No, I see Netflix won't even... Yeah. Now you don't have to use um, Roku or some sort of web streaming device to get your Amazon TV Prime services. So on one level, Amazon took a shot at Roku by coming up with this hardware, who's been one of their biggest supporters up to this date, because no way is Amazon Prime going to get, you know, television products going to be put on the Apple product. Uh, Chromecast, yes, maybe, gotta, that's where we stand. So I think that's a big story out there today. Um, big event coming up in Burlingame this weekend. Two events. The afternoon event is severely underattended. It's tied towards income and estate planning. It's got CFP Chad written all over it. Oh, by the way, Apple and um, Facebook are going to report numbers this afternoon. I don't know why I said that. I, it was the whole goal of talking about Apple product and what's getting out there and what's not getting out there. So big event coming up this weekend. I hope to see you out there. Um, this is probably one of my last two Saturdays. I think we have one more scheduled this year, and I'm just done working on Saturdays. Um, 20 Steps to Financial Freedom, Burlingame, California, Wealth and Income Aligned Retirement Goals with Your Estate Plan. That's the one that I think is more intriguing. I think it's easy to teach what the obvious things you have to do to get ahead. It's a little bit more difficult to figure out what to do with your wealth. For instance, I got a pretty good amount of wealth for me, for... You, I, I don't know. What's your spending? For me, I don't know what retirement looks like. I've always said I'm going to work till I stop working. I'm not going to work anymore. Like, I'm not going to work Saturdays ever again after the next event. That's it. Done. Um, or I would have to be seriously, seriously talked into it. But retirement to me is a little freaked out. How much money do you want to leave to your children? And what does that look like? 
do you want to give it to them when they all turn 18? Do you want to give it to them when they turn 25, 35, 45? Which is a little bit more prudent, because if you've got some money at 18 to 25, you probably would have blown a lot of it. I lived really, really well in my 20s and 30s as far as travel goes. Uh, and it's probably the biggest mistake, looking back. You want to protect your children from lawsuits? Let's say you leave money to your child's name and he gets married, and then some, either one of them gets in a car crash when they're drunk and they get sued. And suddenly all that wealth that you created is gone. You want to figure out you know, the legacy powers of a Roth IRA for children and grandchildren. 529, 529 plans and irrevocable trusts. Again, both events are in Burlingame. Both events are at the same hotel, the Double Tree by Hilton in San Francisco. One, mine, the run that I run in the morning, the 20 Steps to Financial Freedoms and a lot of other hints and tips and tricks so that you can get financially secure. Um, Double Tree by Hilton Hotel in Burlingame, 9 to noon. And then 1 to 4 is the Wealth and Income Align Your Retirement Goals with Your Estate Plan event. I just said something that I, you know, regret it. And here's something I regret. I wish I would have spent more time in my 30s getting to know my parents better. And then my dad died in his 20s, so I kind of wish I would have got to know him in my 20s. But a lot of people who are in their 30s right now, they're like, they live two blocks from mom and they never see mom. Mom's going to get old fast. So now is your time to love her and spend time with her and get to know her. Um, a lot of people thought 30 was old. 30's not old. 50s and 60s and 70s are old. Um, so you want to live and enjoy life. But you also want to put yourself first in your career. Um, you've given up 10 years of work when you turn 30. From 20 to 30, you're figuring it out. Now you need to really get focused so you can chase your dreams and fund your retirement. Um, saving money early. I, w- I started at 18. I wish I would have started at 16. Um, again, one of the first girls I ever dated, I bought her, I went to her prom. I got her tickets to Madonna. Her and me. I got her an amethyst next necklace for her birthday, and that's when I got to meet her boyfriend. Had I saved that money, which was almost $800, it would be worth over $60,000 by the time I retire. So she was a $60,000 mistake. It probably more, because it was pre.com 1 and pre.com 2. And I'm a pretty savvy investor. The wise investor. I'm a wise investor. If you ever hear me refer to myself as wise versus savvy, slap me. Um because that means I've gotten too old and too conservative and too safe. So anyway, those are some things that I regret from my 30s. Um, I've never had a, a desire to, to you know, be the world's best water skier. But if I did, I want to get that done in my 30s because you know, I'm a pretty decent skier, but it, it, it takes a pounding on your back, and you can't do it quite as much and quite as often and quite as you know, hardcore as you age. Anyhow, I'm just rambling. Um, Amazon announced a big deal with for Amazon Prime. Jeff Bezos, I don't know enough about the guy, but he and Mark Benioff really seem to be leading technology. Where Tim Cook isn't as much, if that Apple Watch is everything that people are speculating it to be as far as a healthcare device, I'll give it to Tim Cook. But right now, you see where my heroes lie. Anyhow, um, big event this weekend in Burlingame. Check it out. RobBlack.com. The 
views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Hi, I'm Kelly Clarkson, and I've toured the country dozens of times, and there's one thing every state has in common. Childhood hunger. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.